Welcome back, everybody, to the SOS Stacy on Sports Podcast Show. It's the season finale. You are listening to the voice of sports, Stacy Collier II. With me today from Toronto, back on the podcast once again to end off the season. Got Joey Kanji. Joey, what's the word? How you doing? How's it going, man? Thanks for having me on. It's uh it's a pleasure to be on. Of course, of course. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. And we got we got a lot of NFL news to talk about. Got a couple of NBA stories. Of course, we're gonna focus in on a couple of teams that might be Super Bowl contenders or pretenders. We got some bad Laker news. Uh you don't have to celebrate Steph Curry a little bit because he did break the three-point record of all time. But Definitely. first, let's start. Yeah, but first, let's start off with Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, after everything that happened, and I'm pretty sure you was paying attention what happened. Uh, he was fired by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, he was fired with calls, so that means they're not going to pay out the rest of his contract. This comes after a series of things, including attacking his own kicker, uh, going out to what seems to be a party and look like he was cheating on his wife a little bit, just a little bit, I guess, and stuff like that in between. Also, the up and down ineffectiveness of first-year quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Um, look, Looking at this move overall, was this the right move by the Jacksonville Jaguars to fire Urban Meyer? I definitely think it was. I was questioning. I was questioning this higher, like even when it first happened. Like I just don't think it was the right move. You have someone who, um, just like he's call a lot of NFL teams. like think that once if you're successful in college, I think that it'll translate well to the NBA with or to the NFL. My bad. Which is uh, which it's not always the case. Like we saw what happened, like even a few years ago with like Chip Kelly and a, a lot of other like college coaches. So I was questioning that move too, and especially like knowing his style based on like how he would treat his college kids and all that, like that stuff doesn't always translate to the NFL dealing with, with grown, grown men essentially. And when you're in college, you're coaching like kids basically. So a lot of the tactics definitely like don't work. So yeah, I was questioning that from the start. And after hearing everything that came out too, it was just way too much of a distraction for the team to have any success. So yeah, I think it was the right thing to let him go. I thought it would be Rocky, of course, out the gate because it is the Jaguars we're talking about there. They are a dysfunctional organization. I thought it would be Rocky out the gate, but I thought it would be something that will work because the team is young. You got a young QB, Trevor Lawrence, who's looked to be the franchise quarterback. And you got Urban Meyer, who enjoyed great success at college. And I thought that, you know, him going to a young team and the pros and developing that and putting his own stamp on it, I thought it would work at some point. However, like you just said, this just proves once again that top college coaches don't translate well into the NFL. Um, like you said, his, his tactics, his style is not going to work. You can't attack your kicker like that. You can't attack your kicker like that. Like, what are you doing? This is not... This is not college, and if you was doing that in college, that's still terrible. But you you talking about, like you said, grown men here who are getting paid millions of dollars. They're getting paid millions of dollars. And not only that, not only the, the antics, but the coaching, the coaching, um, not using James Robinson, who is a good running back. He's a good running back. Yeah, he can I get agree. you 
Yeah, he gets you. He gets you a thousand yards in the season. He he's capable of that. You're not mm-hmm. using him. Uh, Trevor, like I said about Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence has been up one, like up one game, been down three. Has a lot of turnovers. I now I know this is the first time seeing, you know, fast defenses and everything. He can't dominate like he did at Clemson, but you just not putting his team in proper positions to succeed. And then also he lost the team during the season. So it was going to come at some point after, I think after like the third week, I was like, yeah, he's out of her. He's, he's not going to last. Yeah. He's not going to last the whole season. It's just not, mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen. But um, of course we got to talk about his replacement. Um, one name in particular that I've been hearing is going around is uh, Byron Leftwich, who is, a former quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And also he's currently the offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers. And we've seen how that has played out. He has a ring because of that. Um, what do you think about Byron Leftwich as possibly the next head coach of the Jaguars? Uh, I think it, I think that's a name that like, will definitely work. Like he's someone who can, who I think will work uh, really well with um, Trevor Lawrence and um, just kind of like save his rookie season almost and like and going give him some momentum heading into next year. So I think I think that's a pretty decent name out there. But there's also like another name. Like I know that the Jaguars interviewed this guy like back in the offseason, but uh but Eric Bienemy is someone who I'm still like shocked mm-hmm. isn't like a isn't like a, a a head coach in the NFL yet because like the work he's done with like Patrick Mahomes and stuff, like him with working alongside like Trevor Lawrence, I think would turn Lawrence into like that superstar quarterback that they're expecting him to be. Yeah. Um, I, I like Byron Leftwich as an option. Like I said, he used to play for the Jaguars. He played when they was, it was kind of bad at that time too, <laughs> but, yeah. but he was, he was decent. He was all right. And Eric Bieniemy, I, you know, we bring his name up year after year and I don't know what's going on with that. He, he deserves, he deserves a, a shot. He deserves a shot, and yeah. we just not going to dive that deep into that because it, it's a travesty. It is a travesty, but then again, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'm looking at the Jaguars. I'm not leaving the Chiefs for that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm that not is also true. Chiefs. He's got it. He's sitting, uh, he's sitting uh, pretty there in, uh, in Kansas City. He's got a good gig there, so – yeah, I think mm-hmm. he could find. I think he could find a way better job than the Jaguars. I think he can do that. Oh yeah, I think he can too. <laughs> but it depends if he wants the uh, like NFL coaches probably make uh, a few more a few more dollars than the than the coordinators do. So it depends how how important money is to him. Right, right. And uh, one more thing about the Jaguars, it seemed like they're in the driver's seat to get the first overall pick once again. You know what they did last year? They got Trevor Trevor Lawrence. Travis Etienne later in the first round. Oh, this time around, if they land at number one overall pick, what do you think they should do with it? Well, even though it is like also a week, a week uh, draft class for quarterbacks, I think that definitely they won't. They don't need a quarterback. I still think Trevor Lawrence has the skill set to be a star quarterback. But like, what you do is you like try to surround him with as many weapons as you possibly can. So like, I go out looking for like like that true number one receiver in the draft, if you could. Yeah, I, I would definitely, cause I don't think it's a, it's a wide receiver that's like ranked that high, like top five to where they could take them number one overall. So I think mm-hmm. if they can trade back and pick up a wide receiver and, and a tight end, or 
focus on wide receiving offensive line, I think they'll offensive line would be good too. You wanna you wanna protect your assets, and Trevor Lawrence is a pretty big asset. Right. <laughs> right, right. All right, moving on. We got the Green Bay Packers. This past Sunday, the Green Bay Packers defeated the Baltimore Ravens. Um, they clinched now their third straight NFC North title. This time around, looks like things will be different. Their defense is playing better than the previous two years. Of course, Aaron Rodgers still playing at a high level. You got Aaron Jones, you got Devontae Adams. It seemed like the surrounding weapons are stepping up a little bit. Um, but with that being said, once again, it's still kind of the same story. The Packers have been fantastic in the regular season, past two years, 13 and three backs and back. However, they met their end at the NFC Championship game. So do you think things this year will be different this time around? Do you think they can actually break through and go to the Super Bowl? Uh, well, that championship game has been quite a hump for them that they can't just seem to get over. But, uh, like, I, like, I'm going to say that, like, they are the Super Bowl favorites for the NFC just because, like, there's way too much skill on that team, like, Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and will go down as as that. And, like, they're well-coached. They have weapons. They're good on both sides of the ball. And something's got to give, right? Like, eventually they're going to – they get there so many times, like, they're going to they're gonna have to get over that hump eventually. And I something's telling me that, like, this is, this is the year for them to do it. Yeah, um, I think that right now they are in the driver's seat to get out the NFC finally – um, like you said, this this is the year to do it. This is Aaron Rodgers will most likely will be his final year in Green Bay. Yeah, he might either retire or he might play somewhere else to challenge himself. And this is the way you want to go out. You want to go out in the Super Bowl in the championship. More specifically, you want to get that ring. So they have to. I think right now they in the NFC wise, they should be the favorites because the Buccaneers, they going through a lot of injuries. They just they, – they're down now, Chris Godwin. Uh, we don't know how Mike Evans is going to look. Fournette is hurt. A lot of people on their defense being in and out. So, you got that going on. And then with my Rams, with my Rams, I think the Rams have the best talent in the NFC. However, we do not play well in Green Bay. Something about that Lambeau field, about the frozen tundra, about that ice. Gets to the Rams and the Rams don't do well. Uh, Cowboys offense being questionable. Arizona, who we're gonna talk about next, up and down now. It seems like they they are reeling a little bit. So of course, once again, we are faced with the Packers being the 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 favorites. However, certain styles can beat them. Like look how the 49ers are playing. The 49ers are hot right now, and they got back to their um to their style of football, running the ball, Jimmy Garoppolo making passing plays here and there, they're playing great defense. So um, about, about the Packers, who you think is their, like, biggest challenge right now in the NFC? Because right now they're the number one overall team. Uh, I would say it would probably be uh, the Rams just because. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, like they're just like. Like I, I'm a huge fan of uh, of McVay. I think he's a great coach and like knows how to get the most of his players. And like the schemes that he can draw up are pretty pretty creative and like to get past the strong defenses and stuff. So yeah, like I they have a lot of skill and like 
obviously like Aaron Donald is probably like one of the most dominant defensive players in the league. He's a lot to handle for any offensive line. So the it's it'll definitely be the Rams being the the toughest. Oh, especially adding Odo Beckham Jr. to that deep yeah. wide receiver corpse. It's uh it's gonna be a lot for the Packers to handle. So yeah, I put them as their number one contenders. Yeah, they should be. They should be, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I'm not saying that because I'm a fan, but like I just said, it's something about Green Bay that the Rams were fold. Like they did it in the playoffs last year, and they this past season, the regular season, they did it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I would say the Rams. I'll say the 49ers too. But right now, um, the Packers are in the forefront. But we got to move on to the Arizona Cardinals, who were the number one team in the NFC. But now they have faltered a little bit. They got beat by my Rams. Speaking of which, they got beat by my Rams in, in their home uh, home turf. And then they just lost to the – well, was now 1-11-1 Detroit Lions. They just lost to – not just lost, but got beat down by the Detroit Lions. What is going on with the Arizona Cardinals? Is this the same story? Are they pretenders? Because remember, they started off hot, what, last year in – they they finished, they didn't finish the way they thought they would. So do you think they, you know, they just the Arizona Cardinals? They just pretenders. Um yeah, I, I think they you can put them down as that because I don't see them getting past in the NFC like the Rams or even the or like we said earlier, the Packers. Like I just don't I just don't put them up there with like those two teams at all. And like let's say they have to run into like um a 49ers team in the come playoff time or whatever. Like a division rivalry game, like the 49ers are playing some really good football right now, staying true to like their identity and all that. And like even then, like I feel like that that they'll give them some problems too. So yeah, I'm gonna say they're pretenders just like because I feel like that they're not quite there yet. With like they got, I know they got a got a really young team, and and Kyler Murray still got a lot of a lot of learning to do. But yeah, I just mm-hmm. don't don't have them right as a as a true like contender right now. The, the Cardinals, if they want to go far, they have to get that number one overall seed. One, one or two. Uh, mm-hmm. If they finish three, they finish four, they could even finish five. They can still drop out the divisional race. Uh, whoever they play in that first round, I could see that team beating them. I, it, all, it doesn't matter who they are. The, the Cardinals, they one of those teams that they're going to get off to a great start out the gate then. At the end, you know, Kyler Murray, he's prone to throw more interceptions towards the end of the year. Now they don't have mm-hmm. uh, DeAndre Hopkins to finish off the regular the regular season. So that's a big chunk of the passing game. Their running game is suspect, even though Connor, he'll give you touchdowns. Then again, uh, it'd be a game where he only give you like 45 yards on the ground. Yeah, And their defense is kind of like, they're, they're being, they're being. Yeah, it's very spotty. Chandler Jones has been quiet ever since, you know, that five sacks in the first game. J.J. Watt has been hurt. So, like, they they have a, a – once again, they have a talented team. They they do. But it's just something about the, the later part of the year that gets to them, and it's going to spell trouble for them. I don't, I don't see them getting out the first round. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it, it's funny, but it's, yeah. it's a shame. It's a shame. Like the, uh, they, the, they're reminding me of a lot like the Steelers last year when they started out super hot. Mm. 
and then just folded like closer to the end of the year and didn't get past the it was the Browns in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, but the Steelers didn't have a bye week that whole yeah, that was the, that was a bye week that different whole situation, season. but yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, I can see what you're talking about though. And then mm-hmm. Steelers were less impressive than Arizona Cardinals, which they is, were. Which is uh this is surprising about the Cardinals a little bit. This uh okay, so now let's put the spotlight on Cliff Kingsbury. A lot of people said his job was on the line this year. His job was on the line this year if he didn't get it done. So if they continue on his trajectory now going downward. Do you think that they'll bring him back next season? I don't know. It's like a really young team, so it's a lot to expect them to just, like, win the Super Bowl, and that's it. But if they can make the playoffs and probably, like, win a round or two, then I think he, he'll be safe. But if they don't have any playoff success at all or, like, or like don't win their division, then I could see them, like, I could see them moving on trying to find something else. Mm. I give him one more season. I give him next season. Let's see what happens mm-hmm. next season. Yeah, personally, I'd give him um, another season at least. But based mm-hmm. on like what I'm hearing and stuff, what I see, and like how I know like a lot of teams work, like a lot of especially like ownership and a lot of teams are impatient, so they're gonna want to see a change. So, so that's what. But personally, my, with myself, because you have such a young quarterback and Kyler Murray, you give him another year just to see what's going on. Yeah. Um, I've been pondering this too about the Cardinals. What what is their problem? Like, what's the issue? What do you think the issue is? <laughs> Honestly, I don't. I can't really like like uh, pinpoint it. Like, it just might All be right. like like their defense, like being like very injured. Like you said earlier, JJ Watt's been injured a lot, and like uh, Chandler Jones being like super inconsistent. Like those are guys that when they're on, like I don't think they lose to the Cardinals, or I don't think they lose to the Lions and stuff. So, so um. Yeah, and also like DeAndre Hopkins being being injured too was like a huge blow. So it could just be like bad luck in terms of like injury or like not getting the most out of like your star players. But but yeah, like other than that, like I can't really pinpoint it to anything. I think it's something like they can't. It's like the star players that their star their star like burns out mm-hmm. way too way too prematurely. Like as a Calum Murray was an MVP candidate at some point, and now he's not. Um, yeah. Against my Rams, he threw two interceptions. Against the Cardinals, he threw a, another pick or two. So like he's turnover prone. It seems like teams they know how to they they figure the Cardinals out, and the Cardinals don't have a game plan beyond that. So it's like, and and it's the same thing that happened last year. The star talent on this team would dissipate at the mm-hmm. wrong time, and that's what it is. So they got to be on the stars. Cliff Kingsbury got to come up with. Another scheme or something to counter to counteract whatever defense is getting thrown at them, and we'll see what happens. But for right now, I just don't see the Cardinals as uh, a strong contender. I just don't see it. Oh, uh, let's talk about some NBA. Let's let's bring some NBA on the show. Uh, All right, let's go. Let's come over here to Los Angeles, <laughs> where we got some bad Laker news. Anthony Davis suffered yet another injury. And he will be out for at least four weeks. Looks like it's nothing too serious, but him being shut down for the rest of the year into 2022 is 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 a is a microcosm of what's been going on with the Lakers this whole season. Nobody's been healthy, uh, inconsistent, inconsistency. They'll win two games, lose two games, and win two games, and lose two games, then lose two in a row, and win three. Like it's mm-hmm. just been crazy like that. Um, they just now getting back Trevor Ariza and 
Um, I don't know. I can't call for the Lakers. Uh, how how do you think this injury will impact the Lakers for the next four weeks? I don't think it'll, like, impact them too much because, like, mm. like let's be honest here. Like, I don't think – like, I think they're pretty used with uh, playing without uh, AD. He's been injured so much since he's come to the Lakers. So, um, I feel like they know how to game plan for that, basically. But, like, as their season as a whole this year, like, the reason why I'm saying that is because, like, they haven't been – as dominant, so I don't I don't feel like there'll be too much of a drop off without AD in the lineup. It, it's a shame. It's a shame. I, I've been wondering this too. Like it's been said in the offseason that Anthony Davis been working on his body so that way he won't be injured like that. Cause mm-hmm. there's something that so I forgot who pointed it out. I think it was Charles Barkley. He pointed it out. He said he said like AD don't don't put in much work in the offseason for him to stay healthy. And I thought about that. Like, hmm, he was like his body, his body type stays the same, stayed the same throughout his whole career. So I thought he worked, he worked on it. And I thought we're gonna get a healthy dominant AD, but it's more the same of what happened last year, where his play dropped off, he got hurt. Uh, I don't know. I, I think AD just one of those players that you always gonna have some sort of injury problem. You just yeah. gotta prepare for it. Right. It's like really unfortunate because, like, I personally love to see like, like any sports league like have their stars, pl- their star players like performing and stuff. Like that's just what mm-hmm. makes like the sport so exciting. So just like as a basketball fan, it it's it it sucks to see, but unfortunately, that's just how it is. Like I don't really know. Like even if there is like anything else he can do, like to prevent that, like sometimes it's just it just happens. Yeah, it's just something that's unfortunately happens time and time again. But this is why they brought in uh, Russell Westbrook for it, because this mm-hmm. is something that they count on happening. Um, and Russell Westbrook is supposed to be that other superstar that when one goes down, either AD or LeBron, he'll step up. But Russell Westbrook, his, his play has been magnified now. Now, he's been playing the same way. And we just didn't say anything about it. But now, like looking at his turnovers and the highlights for the Lakers, like, wow, this is this is terrible. This is terrible. Mm-hmm. He's flailing everywhere. He's leaving his feet, trying to throw the ball somewhere. And it's a turnover. He's losing the ball out of bounds, dribbling off his foot, stuff like that. So I like you said, I don't think this is going to impact them severely because they've been inconsistent this whole time. They've been an average team this whole time, but not having AD when it comes to those, those marquee games or big games, like they got a game uh, uh, this Christmas against the, um, against the Brooklyn Nets games like that. Well, it depends on Harden and, and, and Kevin Durant and them play because, oh, yeah. you know, the COVID thing going, but, mm-hmm. but games like that, they just not going to win. They just not going to win many games like that without Anthony Davis. He is that, that X factor. And the same thing like when LeBron goes out, they just not gonna win those type of games. So with AD being gone for the next four weeks or so, what do you think they should do? Should they try to trade for somebody? Now here's a name that's been going around, and I want to get your take on it. Indiana Pacers forward center Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. Do you think they should try to bring him in? No, I personally I love Miles Turner. Like he's such a 
good player on both sides of the ball. Like obviously he's like block shots, like a, like a machine and everything. And like, I'd love for the, for the Raptors to have him, but this is not gonna, it's just, I just don't see it being possible to make out a trade, but yeah, I think he's someone who can definitely help the Lakers. He can fill in that void for when AD is out and stuff. He can bring like some of the same skill set. obviously not to the same level as, as Anthony Davis, but he can like be a, be a pretty good like plug into, to kind of like um, hold you over water until he can come he, until AD's healthy again. So yeah, I think that's a name that would make a lot of sense for the Lakers. Yeah, but how the hell they gonna bring him in? <laughs> It'll take a lot to bring him in because oh, uh, I know the Pacers are probably gonna try to rebuild. So you're probably looking at like multiple first round picks and do they and, even have any left? That's oh yeah, that's true. Um, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll it'll take a lot. It'll take a lot. But if right, the Lakers they, can they, get, if the Lakers can can find a way to pull it off, it'll. I think it'll be it'll be huge. They're gonna have to trade uh, THT. Oh yeah, and for then sure. Like a twenty, like a twenty thirty first round pick, <laughs> just to bring in Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. I, I would love for them to bring in Miles Turner. I think he'll mm-hmm. help out a lot, but. It's like, then again, you just don't have the capital. So, like, the Lakers have who they have for the season. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I think, think if the Lakers can just, like, um, stay above water until until play season, just, like, get the, find a way into the playoffs, make sure, like, everyone's healthy and stuff, then I think at that point they can probably, like, make a bit of a run, at least maybe win a couple rounds. But, but yeah, I think, I think that's what the Lakers got to try to do, just – Survive, make the playoffs, yeah. and then go from there. Yeah. Get to get one of those um six seeds. One of the like mm-hmm. one through well, they probably not gonna get one, two, or three at this point. Mm-hmm. But four, five, six, um, really four. You want four, so you get that home, that home court. But yeah, and we gotta talk about the Lakers, like they average, like this is crazy. Yeah, this is crazy. This hasn't they, happened since like what since before LeBron. Before LeBron. And they weren't even average. That was terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Speaking of the team, is not average this year. The Golden State Warriors. You got to talk about Steph Curry. Steph Curry just broke Ray Allen's all-time three-point record. Just broke it. And he will continue to add on to that. Uh, we already know Steph is a great player, unanimous MVP, three rings, five finals appearances, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing that I raised the question about is, where is he among the the greats of all time? Like, where is his ranking? Because the thing is, we don't see Steph, to me, in my eyes, we don't see Steph as a dominant player. Like, he, when, mm-hmm. when, when we talk about dominance, his name just don't come up. Yeah, of course, we always get LeBron, Kobe, you know, all the great big men, Michael Jordan, but we just don't see – Steph has dominant for some reason, mm-hmm. maybe because of the three-point game and, you know, stuff like that. But where do you think he's ranked, like, amongst the greats? It's funny because, like, just after he broke the record, me and my friends were having this conversation as to where he should rank. And, like, if you look at, like, the top ten players of all time, like, I don't really know if there's anyone that, like, you'd want to take off of that list to make room for Steph Curry. Like, that's why, like, personally I have him in, like, the 11 to 15 range of like all time. But like, then again, like, and then you think about it some more and you're like, this is a point guard who's completely revolutionized the position mm-hmm. and like changed the game 
um so like he had so much influence on the on the game today and stuff so it's like putting him outside the top 10 like doesn't seem like it seems kind of almost like disrespectful to him like the impact he's had but but then again like you don't know who else to take out so it's like a little bit of uh it's a, it's a little bit of a, of a not like a problem there like you don't know where to put him but yeah i'd say like you put him i think he's still like a, between 11 and 15 all time so as far as point guards you know i have magic johnson as the best point guard of all time yeah and, i do too and i i think good <laughs> and i think uh and i think steph is number 2 i just think he's number mm-hmm. 2 like you just said he literally changed the way basketball is played now, bringing in that long-range shot, three-point shot, uh, the plays to get open for three. Remember with Mark Jackson early on, they ran the elevator play where they open up, and then he mm-hmm. runs to the top, curls to the top, shoots the three. So, like, it's crazy. Steph is a dominant player. He just is. He just mm-hmm. is. But it's a different type of dominance. Um, When we talk about dominance, we still think of those, you know, the, the big men, and we think of, you know, like I said, yeah. players like LeBron, Kobe, Michael Jordan, who can players slash who are like their way physically, to the, like yeah, like physically dominating. Not like Steph Curry, who's like one of the smaller players in the league, but it's still like dominant. You just don't think of that because he just doesn't have like the the physical appearance. Right, right. I think just the physical appearance and how mm-hmm. he plays the game, just you know, it kind of waters down his dominance. But he's the dominant player. Um, I was thinking about this. Uh, I think 11, 11 through 15 sounds about right. I think mm-hmm. so. It's like top 10. When you think about the top 10, it's like hard to move those players out there because you still got Kareem. You still got Hakeem. You got Tim, Tim Duncan yeah. is now considered mm-hmm. top 10. Uh, Larry, people talk about Larry Bird. So, yeah, it's, it's tough for Steph, but definitely 11 through 15. But the impact, I think the impact he has – on the NBA is definitely like top 10, maybe oh, even top sure. five. Yeah, I'd agree with that. All right, all right. Um, one more thing about the Warriors, they're leading they're, they're top of the West right now. Do you think – and then, you know, um, stories just came out that uh, Clay Thompson will make his debut early January. Um, do you think the Warriors are the title favorites right now? Um, I'm going to say yes, just because I'm sick and tired of this team proving me wrong all the time. Uh, <laughs> it's been a few years now where I'm just like, like, uh, oh yeah, like, I think like they're over the hill. Like they're, all their players are aging They're I don't think they'll be as good anymore. And then this year they came out and are just like shocking everybody. It seems like, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm going to learn my lesson and not bet against them anymore. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I don't really see anyone else who would be like definitively like, um, better than them in the West who can take overthrow them to get to the finals. So, so yeah, I'll say they're my, they're my favorite to make it to the finals in the West. Yeah. Right now they're, they're mine too. They're mine too. Um, I still you know for the whole NBA pitch, I still have Milwaukee as number one, but mm-hmm. I, the, the, the Warriors are definitely, definitely have earned their way up there, but, but let's go on to the season finale version of my favorite segment where I ask random questions on the spot. Don't know what I'm about to ask. It's going right. crazy. It's going to be very simple. So, Joey, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Let's do it. All right. Question number one. Should Jonathan Taylor be 
the NFL MVP? Uh, should he? Yes. Will he? No. Just because it's a, it's typically a quarterback's award. So, so yeah, I, I'll just say I think he should be, but I don't think it will end up that way. That's unfortunately the right answer. Mm-hmm. He definitely, he definitely should be the MVP. Like, come on, mm-hmm. like, come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick of quarterbacks winning the damn award. Like, just call it the best quarterback award. It's just best quarterback. It's best mm-hmm. quarterback award. Let's just mm-hmm. do that. All right, number two, T.J. Watt right now is sitting at 17 and a half sacks. Right, the record belongs to Michael Strahan, 22.5. We still have what about three, four games to go. Mm-hmm. Will he break the record? And only four games, that's going to be tough to get, what it would be, uh, five, five sacks? So. Maybe five to tie, uh, yeah. five and a half to break. I'm going to say no, just because, like, I don't know. That's a pretty tough ass at this point in the year uh, where you really got to grind through these games. So I'll just say no, but he'll come really close. I think he'll finish with 20, mm-hmm. but he won't finish with the record. Do you think that's a record that will ever be broken? That seems like such a ridiculous number. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think it'll be a long, long, long time if anybody would ever break it. A long time. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those records that I don't think it's gonna be touched. Yeah, I just don't lot. think it's gonna be touched. So I, like Brady's uh, touchdown mark. I don't think that's gonna be touched. Seven hundred. Yeah. Thing like seven hundred. Is it yeah. seven hundred? Hmm. Number three. According to Caesars, the Chiefs are the favorites to win the Super Bowl. First time since week five. Do you agree or disagree? I'm going to say disagree just because they don't look like themselves this year. They've struggled quite a bit, especially out of the gate this year. And I just feel like there's a lot of better teams, like teams you mentioned earlier, like the, like the, 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 Sorry, the Rams, I think, are going to contend. The Packers, I think this is their year. Um, I think they will at least make their, their conference championship game. But I I don't I don't see them going to three straight Super Bowls again. That's a, that's really tough to do in, in today's NFL. Yeah, but who in the AFC right now can stop them? That's the thing. Yeah. They just won, what, what, what six, seven in a row? Something mm-hmm. like that. And their defense is playing much better which is something that I was counting on and Pat Mahomes seemed to find his groove again. As far as them being yeah. the favorites the Super Bowl, I, barely, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think it is because there's a lot of questions on the NFC side. Like we just talked about the Bucks, injury problems, the Packers can't trust them, Cowboys can't trust them, Rams can't trust them in Green Bay. Yeah. So, here exactly. we go again. It's a, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're going in a circle with that debate. Yeah. The more things change, mm-hmm. the more things stays the same. There we yeah. go. <laughs> All right. Now, let's dedicate some time to the fan in you. You got on your hat. Yeah. You got on your team. Tell everybody who's your squad. Uh, the Washington football team. The Washington football team. That's the first time I ever talked to a Washington football team fan. So I'm excited right. about this. On this show, I had a lot of I had a lot of Celtics talk, a lot of your Raptors talk, Lakers, and as far as football, Rams, Eagles. But I never talked about the Washington football team, and I think they are kind of interesting. All right, uh, first I want to bring up their playoff push. They're still pushing for the playoffs. They've won four out of five. They play the Eagles. Uh, I think 
tonight, Monday night. Uh, tomorrow or night they Tuesday, play the, got, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. They play the Eagles, which uh could be another win, five out of six. Um, what do you how do you feel about their playoff chances right now? I was confident, but now with their COVID situation and stuff, like they might have to play uh tomorrow night's game without like some quarterback that they just signed off the street that I whose name I don't even remember just because all their quarterbacks are on the COVID list. So we're hoping that at least Kyle Allen can uh, at least play and they'll have a, they'll have a shot, but yeah, just because of this COVID stuff that they're, that they've been going through, like it, it'll be tough to have like a full squad, but if they can get a full squad, full healthy squad, I'm, I'll, I'm pretty confident, but just because the, the resilience that this team shows, like even last season too, like, like you can never count them out. So I'll say mm-hmm. if they can get over this COVID situation and have a healthy squad i think that they'll they'll make the push oh uh, yeah I, I saw i actually saw them pushing this or before the season started um mm-hmm. because that defense now their defense didn't play well out the gate but you know now they seem like they got together but i just think that for them right now it's gonna be kind of hard to lock up uh one of those one of those uh wild cards because that i they to me, they just don't have the offense that can get it mm-hmm. together. Like, yeah, I can trust the Falcons offense. It's crazy that I'm saying this, but I can trust the Falcons offense to do a little mm-hmm. bit something than the Washington football team right now. Because like, yeah. like you said, COVID thing, and then there can be games where they don't score. I mean, the their wins, they 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 tend to win ugly. It's not like impressive offensive showing. So I just, I just think that they're going to have a little bit of trouble and then they're going against the Eagles who are one of those teams that they can have a great night. They can have a great night and it'll spell trouble for the Washington football team. So I think it's going to be a little bit hard, but like you said, they, they are a team that fights. And yeah. Yeah. They, they fight. And like what you said about their offense is like, my biggest gripe with this team, like the defense has seemed to like figure it out since the early season struggles. But for me, like one thing that annoys me about the team is they just can't seem to find that, that quarterback because like Heineke does a lot of pretty good things, but like his highs are very high, but his lows are very low. Mm -hmm. And he can't seem to find that like balance and be consistent. I feel like if they could just find like a good, like consistent quarterback, this team's potential would go up like through the roof because they got weapons. They got, they got the good. They got a pretty good offensive line that, that can protect the quarterback and help with the run game. They got they got Gibson, who, um, despite his uh, fumble issues, is like a weapon out of the backfield. And they have Terry McLaurin, who I think is one of the most underrated wide receivers in in the entire league. And well, they didn't really have him much at all this year due to injuries. But um, uh, wow, the name just uh, escaping me. But uh, <laughs> Curtis uh, Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel. That's it. Yeah. Sorry, name just escaped me. But yeah, Curtis Samuel wasn't able to play like much at all this season due to due to injuries. But like if I think if you even just added him to the offense all season long, then you'd see uh you'd see it reach its uh or closer to what its ceiling could be. And I was just about to bring up Taylor Heineke. Uh a lot of people, like you said, when his his highs are high, they are high. And a lot of people marvel at, you know, the mm-hmm. way he's handled the quarterback situation, especially after. What happened with uh Ryan Fitzpatrick? Um, I was just about to ask, it seemed like you was waffling back and forth, but I'm trying to get mm-hmm. a definitive answer out of you with this question. Do you mm-hmm. think 
he can be the Washington's Washington's quarterback for the future? My answer would be, as of right now, it's going to be a no, just because mm. of the not being able to find any con- form of like consistency. And like, I think like it would be best if they can just like trade like one quarterback. I really wanted them to trade for in the off season was, was Matt Stafford. I love Matt Stafford. Uh-huh. And I feel like, yeah, <laughs> you guys beat <laughs> us uh, the better offer. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like I, I really love what he, I think him on this offense would be Washington, I think would be like close to Dallas in terms of like the division race and stuff. So yeah, like I don't know like exactly what they what they got to do. If they got to find like that quarterback that they can build around because it's been like what almost 20 years of them looking. Right. Right. It is it's been a crazy search for Washington. They seem like they don't Taylor Heineke kind of like the hype kind of makes them close to being their quarterback. But like you said, I just think he lacks the like almost for lack of better word, he lacks the skill. Well, he got yeah. the skill, after the basic skill, but I think he just lacked that. You know, he, that, it's the like it's, it's, for, me, for me, it's the IQ with him. Like he, mm-hmm. like he doesn't go through all his progressions. Like he, he'll look at to where he's throwing a lot, and like just like he makes a lot of like those like mental mistakes that lead to a lot of turnovers. But do you think that comes from him like being just inexperienced though? Like I think this is like his first full go at it as the quarterback. So do you think he's just inexperienced? Uh, a lot of it is that, like, again, you can look at this as like his rookie season, right? So he's making a lot of those like rookie mistakes and all that. But um, the, the way Washington is and stuff, you can't really have that patience with him because he's what, 26, 27 already. And with the way that the team is built right now, like they're built to like, they're almost there to like start competing for uh, Super Bowls and stuff with the all the young pieces they have in, on defense. Super Bowls. And- <laughs> I think if they have, if they can find that really good quarterback, they'll be in that within that conversation with like they'll be like at like a Dallas Cowboys level kind of team, if that makes sense. Like not not too far out of like the Super Bowl conversation, just because of like the talent that they have on defense and the young talent they have on on offense as well. Like I really like how they're built. And it's just like like a, a really good quarterback can move a team forward a lot, and that's exactly what Washington needs. Uh, one more question. Um, is their season going the way that you expected it to go? Or did you expect it better? Um, I expected it to be. Well, like the thing is, when you grow up being a, a Washington fan, you kind of like always expect the worst. So so um, as the season was going before their bye week, I was like, yeah, this is exactly what I thought would happen. Like everyone would be all excited for this, for this defense and stuff and everybody come out flat. But the way that they're playing that they've been playing over the last five weeks is like more or less what I've expected them to be like, like I expected them to probably finish this season at like, like just over 500, but like not much, like maybe like 10 and seven ish, something like around there. This is what I expected. So like now they're trying to play closer to that, to what I thought. So, so yeah, like I, I guess it is and it isn't. <laughs> All right, that was the end of SOS, the season finale. Um, right to wrap it up, looks like Taylor Heineke, um, it's like Joey doesn't approve of you, man. So you gotta, <laughs> gotta prove him wrong. You gotta do something. You gotta I hope something. he does prove me wrong. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, this is the season finale. 
of SOS. Once again, I am your host, Stacey Carter II. I had Joey joining me from Toronto, and I will see everybody with a fresh, with fresh new episodes and everything in between in 2022.